You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast, the show that's so nice. We do it twice every week during the NFL season. Kind of try to cut it up into two bite-sized episodes for you, both about 25 minutes or so. We'll do the Thursday night game and all of the 1 o'clock games we can get to in Episode 1. And then here in Episode 2, we'll get to the rest of them. I'm Ross Tucker, at Ross Tucker NFL on social media. Most of you know that. You probably listened to Episode 1. He's Joe Dolan, at FG underscore Dolan, over at FantasyPoints.com, where you use that code 23FEAST. Joe, we still have seven more games to get to, including some really intriguing and big games And we're getting to the 4 o'clock slate now. We hit all the 1 o'clock games on the East Coast. How about Seattle, who put up some numbers against the Cowboys, against the Niners, who are putting up numbers against everybody. And not really allowing a whole lot of numbers either. And these two teams played a couple of weeks ago on Thanksgiving, and it was non-competitive with the exception of Brock Purdy throwing a pick six. And um, Geno Smith and and his boys came out and – really put on a show uh, against the Cowboys. They should have won that game. I mean, they had if they if they had the tush push play, they would have won that game because uh they handed the ball to Charbonnet on that fourth and one and it went nowhere. Um but first and foremost for Seattle, let's watch their backfield. Zach Charbonnet uh picked up a knee bruise against Dallas. Meanwhile, Kenneth Walker has the oblique injury that's cost him the last two games. You would think the extended rest uh would help both of those guys play. Whatever the case, I mean, it's not a great spot for either of them against San Francisco's run defense. So I think you, you, you downgrade both guys, and I think even if Walker's back, he is benchable, depending on, on the options that you have. But meanwhile, you know, Philadelphia uh, put up numbers through the air against San Francisco. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith went for, uh, and, uh, went for 220 yards in that game. D.K. Metcalf can put up numbers in this game. Um, I'm not really feeling it with Tyler Lockett, who hasn't been doing it a whole lot this year. But I think DK Metcalf can certainly put up numbers this game. That being said, I'd probably want to look elsewhere for a quarterback outside of Geno Smith. San Francisco, Joe? San Francisco's the same fantasy team every week, Ross. Um, You know, they really took it to the Eagles last week. They exploited the fact that the Eagles have no functional linebackers in just the most unbelievable way possible. I mean... Um, I think I think Nicholas Morrow is going to be having nightmares uh, about that game, and rightfully so because Kyle Shanahan absolutely put him into a blender. The problem here for the Seahawks is their linebacker Jordan Brooks picked up an injury against Dallas, an ankle injury, and he might not be able to play in this game, which would be a huge opportunity uh, for Christian McCaffrey. And Debo Samuel across the middle yet again. But, I mean, look, the 49ers are are the same fantasy team every week. The only question you have is, do I play Brock Purdy or do I not? At points, I just feel like the upside is too high to sit him. Uh, San Francisco's putting up numbers on everybody, and you use the same guys every week. Yeah, they were extremely, extremely impressive. 
The Bills at the Chiefs. Another juicy matchup. This one, 425 p.m. Eastern time. Well, the Bills obviously had the strong game uh, offensively before the bye uh, against Philadelphia. Uh, But their defense couldn't hold up in the second half. Meanwhile, um, I, I, I struggle with the Bills because I'm just not sure what to say when you look at Josh Allen going for 339 and 81 on the ground. And they still lose the game. Um, Gabe Davis and Josh Allen had that miscommunication on on a play that would have won the game in overtime. And then the Eagles went down and drove uh, and, and ended up winning the game. Here is a mismatch that, that I have identified using our trench metrics at Fantasy Points Data. Um, the Bills should be able to run the ball uh, in this game. The Chiefs have given up over 100 non-scramble rush yards in three straight games and in five of their last six. Joe Brady has shown commitment to James Cook in his first two games as the play caller, giving him his two biggest games in terms of carries plus targets in each of the last two games, 21 and 23, respectively. Uh, It's probably a solid spot for James Cook again, but it is, of course, important to keep in mind that Latavius Murray was the one who gave them a late spark against the tired Eagles defense uh, a couple of weeks ago. But Buffalo has our number three rush grade of the week at Fantasy Points Data, which is a measure of how an offensive line matches up against a defensive line. And I actually like James Cook in this matchup for Buffalo against Kansas City. What about, Joe, let's talk about the Chiefs on offense. Uh... Isaiah Pacheco has been great and I expect he's going to continue to be good in this game, but there's still something fundamentally wrong with their passing game. And look, they've gotten Rasheed Rice involved. That's what we wanted them to do. But I wonder Ross, you've seen Kansas city in person this year, right? Uh, no, I have not. Okay. Well, I'm still going to act like you have, because I want your opinion as an NFL player. Does Travis Kelsey look like 100% Travis Kelsey to you? No, I think he's been banged up all year. I mean, yeah. you you can see him. It seems like almost every game, after at least one play, he kind of like walks gingerly off the field, and you can tell, you know, something's still bothering him. Now, he's still found a way against the Packers a number of times to be wide open and get nice yardage and, and make plays, but I don't know that he's quite as dynamic as right. he's been in the past, and... Some people might think that that's age. I think it's probably more the injury that he picked up. So I think it's more, like, first and foremost, we know that the wide receivers are a problem for Kansas City. And it's good that they finally, they got Rasheed Rice nine targets last week. Rasheed Rice is a locked-in wide receiver three right now because Patrick Mahomes is starting to trust him. But I think the biggest problem for their passing game, number one, um, I think their tackles can be exploited, and I think you can rush Mahomes. But number two, I just think when you don't have good wide receivers – and they didn't last year either. But Kelsey was so dynamic and so on top of his game last year that it really didn't matter. Kelsey being just really good as opposed to, whoa, I think has really broken their passing offense. And Mahomes is kind of running out of options. And then, you know, he throws the ball to Sky Moore on that play at the end against Green Bay. And Sky Moore looked like he ran a completely lazy route. And Mahomes was trusting his receiver to go get a pl- go get the ball. It was it was just disgusting. Um I just think Kansas City's offense right now 
well, it's a three, it's a four man fantasy show. You have to play Kelsey, okay? Like I, I know it's not been great, but he's still Travis Kelsey. You have to play Rasheed Rice as a wide receiver three. Pacheco's an RB one, and it's hard to sit Patrick Mahomes. But this is not a good offense right now, the way it's currently constructed. Looking forward to watching that game regardless. I think there's a lot of points. I think it's exciting. Bills, Chiefs, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends or your family while you're watching that one Sunday afternoon and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Broncos are at the Chargers, Joe. Really important game for both teams. Oh, that, that Charger offense. Oh, man. Uh, Ross, uh, the Chargers, Justin Herbert, in a game last week against the Patriots, there's only been one game since the year 2000 that had fewer total points than that Chargers-Patriots game that had just six points. Um, it was a Steelers-Dolphins game in 2007 that had just three points scored. Uh, it was Ben Roethlisberger against John Beck. And I haven't gone and looked up the specifics, but our guy Tom Brawley, who's a Yinzer, uh, seemed to recall that being such a sloppy game that a punt got stuck in the ground. So uh, I, I feel like that was a weather game. Um, this Charger offense is completely broken. It, Austin Eckler, I mean, he's averaged, since he got hurt in week one, he's averaged under three yards per carry. And I feel like you almost have to play him because of his role, but if he... He's not catching a ton of passes. Quentin Johnson's drop, dropping balls. Uh, Keenan Allen's playing banged up. This is just a brutal offense right now to watch. Justin Herbert doesn't have any help whatsoever. Um, I, you still have to play Keenan Allen, but I feel like you can make decisions on Justin Herbert and, and Austin Eckler at this stage, especially against a Bronco defense that's really improved of late. Uh, certainly a team that is starting to... Um, Look, I, I think they did a good job not firing Vance Joseph, and they started to play well, but uh, um, it's a Bronco team that it's not easy to score points against right now. What about the Broncos' offense? It's bad. Um, Russell Wilson was awful against the Texans, and it feels like this year he's been kind of... He's been taking what the defense has given him. He's been one of the most... Um, prolific check down quarterbacks in the entire NFL. And then in this game, you know, he had a couple of interceptions, not necessarily his fault. Maybe he had the desperation one uh, against uh, in the end zone on, I believe it was a, it was a, it was a third down play as they tried to go ahead for the win. And he ran around and threw the ball up to the end zone. And unfortunately uh, it was picked off. Cortland Sutton needs to score a touchdown at this point. Javante Williams is in the Zeke Elliott empty calorie department. Uh, the Broncos, by the way, 0 for 11 on third down against Houston. And and I think that's just a sign that this offense, as well as Sean Payton has coached it, is just not there. It's just the quarterback is, is, is a hindrance to this offense right now. Before we get to the Cowboys – and the Eagles, because there's a lot to say about that one. I want to make sure people know in football, the fourth quarter is where the magic happens. It's where games are won, where champions are made. And in business, it's where sales teams become legends. That's why HubSpot built Sales Hub to give sales reps the deal-making tools they need to win their Q4. Sales Hub's prospecting workspace organizes your schedule, goals, and to-do list in one place to save your team precious fourth quarter time. Smart sequences help sales reps close deals faster than ever. 
So get ready to dominate Q4 with Sales Hub. Learn more at HubSpot.com slash sales. All right, we're heading close to the fourth quarter of this podcast, Joe. Uh, We got three games left to go, including one really juicy. It's Sunday night. It's the Dallas Cowboys hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. A lot of implications for this one, both fantasy and in quote-unquote real football. Let's dive into it. Um, What I saw against the for the Eagles was, quite frankly, a defense that was just utterly exhausted. And, like, they played 100 snaps against Buffalo. They had injuries at linebacker, and they played a team so uniquely designed to take advantage of injuries at linebacker, and they got their tails whipped. Um, Just... And I'm not sure it's going to get a whole lot better for the Eagles until they're able to breathe in uh, down the stretch when they play the Giants, the Cardinals, and the Giants to finish the season. Um, and the Cowboys are well-positioned here to, to run the football. That's been kind of the thing that stood out to me for the Eagles, that their run defense, which had been one of the best in the NFL for much of the season, has fallen on hard times of late. They held every opponent before Week 11 to under 100 non-scramble rushing yards, but in each of the last three games, they've allowed between 108 and 130 non-scramble rushing yards. And over the last five weeks, they're allowing 2.05 yards before contact per rush attempt on non-scramble runs, which is third most in the NFL. I think that speaks to just how freaking exhausted this defense is. And look, the Cowboys weren't able to run the ball against the Eagles a few weeks ago. They held Tony Pollard to just 51 yards in their meetup in Week 8. But I feel like this is the kind of game where the Cowboys can come out, get Tony Pollard going, and then put the Eagles on their toes and then attack with that elite passing game. And that and that is what this passing game is. It is an elite passing game right now. The key here, by the way, not that I'm telling you to sit CeeDee Lamb. You can't sit CeeDee Lamb or Dak Prescott. The key, though, is the Eagles did not have Bradley Roby the last time these two teams played, and they were putting a rookie safety on CeeDee Lamb. Okay, they're going to lose that matchup every time. Bradley Roby at least gives them a little bit more juice in the slot against CeeDee Lamb. I think the Cowboys might have more success running the ball in this game than they did the last time these two teams played. And, And I don't expect Shaq Leonard, who just signed with the Eagles, I don't expect he's going to be able to come in and immediately fix what ails them at linebacker. He's almost certainly better than what they threw out there last week, but the Eagles have a serious problem on the second level, and I expect the Cowboys are going to try to attack that just as um, just as the 49ers did last week. So you're thinking more Ferguson or Pollard out of the backfield, Joe? I think both. Um, Ferguson, I would Pollard out of the backfield hasn't been nearly as big a factor as I thought he was going to be. Now, I think they should try to use him out of the backfield, not saying he's Christian McCaffrey uh, as a receiver, but um, he's averaging just 5.9 yards per reception this year, which is by far the lowest of his career. He averaged nearly 10 yards per reception last year. Um, But if there is a week for Tony Pollard to get over 50 receiving yards, this is it against those Eagle linebackers who were in a world of hurt against San Francisco. Joe, do you think... Pollard's banged up, or do you think this is an example of guys that have really high efficiency on limited touches, but then when they're given bell cow touches, you know, they wear down, it's not quite the same? I think it's more of the latter, and I also think it's more that the Cowboys realized 
after a slow start to the year that their best option was to drop back and pass the football because Dak Prescott's playing at a very high level. And I think Tony Pollard's just become kind of a, well, I mean, it's not like he's having a horrible year. He's probably going to run for a thousand yards again. I just think like he's there for them to have a functional run game and, and he's provided that. He just hasn't been a focal point of the offense. And based on the way their passing game is playing, that's probably the right decision. By the way, this offense has been so different than I expected under Mike McCarthy. I mean, they look awesome throwing the ball. It's, I, I was not expecting that when they moved on from Kellen Moore at all. Yeah, I, I think they've had a – Mike McCarthy's done a great job. I mean, I doubt he's going to be the coach of the year just because people love giving it to the guy who – you know, his team wasn't expected to be that good. And, you know, I think D'Amico Ryans is probably up there. Dan Campbell's still up there. But uh, Mike McCarthy has a really good case for being the coach of the year. All right. What about when the Eagles have the ball, Joe? A lot of conversation about that this week. Yeah. Um, they didn't run the ball at all against the 49ers. There's a guy outside of their practice facility with a sign that says run the ball. Um, I don't know how much that's the factor. Because DeAndre Swift and Kenneth Gainwell had eight carries, uh, and they gained 18 yards on them. What do you want them to do? Keep averaging two yards a carry? I just feel like they were a team that got their tails whipped last week. Um, the red zone problems are a concern. I don't think Jalen Hurts was trusting what he was seeing uh, in that game. And I still wonder. It, I, I, don't, I don't wonder. I, I, I have to say I know that Jalen Hurts is not 100%. He just doesn't have that second gear. You know, there was the the play in the second half before Nick Sirianni essentially waved the white flag on a punt on fourth and two, um, punting to an offense that had just com- had just eaten their tired defense completely alive. The 49ers scored touchdown on six straight possessions in that game. And on the play before that, Jalen Hurts scrambled for, I think, six or seven yards. But the linebackers there were essentially spying him. And last year, it feels like Jalen Hurts would have lowered his shoulder, powered forward, and tried to run through those tackles. And he didn't do it. He essentially just kind of seeded that he was going to get tackled and he went down. That, to me, is a sign of a quarterback who is not 100% healthy. And I think Jalen Hurts' lack of explosion in the run game has been affecting DeAndre Swift, it's been affecting Kenny Gainwell, and it's been affecting this entire offense. And the offensive coordinator does not have answers for it right now. They still have elite players on the perimeter. A.J. Brown had 114 receiving yards. DeAndre Swift had 96. They're going to get Dallas Goddard back this week probably, which is going to help that offense look a lot better um, uh, against against Dallas. They got hurt. Goddard actually got hurt in their last game. Um, but I just feel like Jalen Hurts is not 100% healthy, and – We've seen that throughout the year. There have been games where he's looked healthy against Buffalo uh, two weeks ago. He looked healthy. The last week against San Francisco, not so much. And you have to wonder how much those sloppy conditions that they played in were also affecting them. Joe, we have two Monday night games that kick off at the exact same time. I can't say I understand it or ever will, but that's what they're doing. Uh, I have no idea why, but all right. Let's uh, but yay. Yeah, it's the... Uh, the Titans at the Dolphins. Uh, let's dive into that one first. The other one's the Packers at the Giants. Well, the Titans and the Dolphins. The Titans are 14-point underdogs in this game. Um, their run defense has gotten back to being really good. But well, here's the numbers. 
The Titans had a mid-season swoon in which they surrendered over 100 non-scramble rush yards in four consecutive games from weeks five through nine. But their stout run defense from last week, from last year, has returned since then. In each of the last four weeks, they've allowed under 3.0 yards per carry on non-scrambles, and they're allowing a minuscule 0.23 yards before contact per rush attempt, uh, which is incredible. The problem is, though, the Dolphins have an elite run game. The Dolphins have some injuries on the offensive line. Taron Armstead, Robert Hunt, and Robert Jones are all banged up, but the Titans also have a big injury on the defensive line. Jeffrey Simmons, their best defensive player, is probably going to miss this week with a knee injury. That helps that Dolphins run game. Um, And at this point, look, I played him in my lineups a couple of weeks ago when he came back and Devon Achan left after just two touches. And then I benched him everywhere last week. And last week was just the sign of, look, I'll take the risk that Devon Achan is going to get tweaked again because he is just too explosive. I cannot sit this guy. I can't sit him at this point. What about when the Titans have the ball, Joe? Well, they've benefited, the Titans have, from good game script in each of the last two games. Uh, Derrick Henry scored twice in each of those two games. Uh, Unfortunately, they're 14-point underdogs in this game, and Derrick Henry... Left that game with a concussion, but is not in the protocol. I don't really understand that. Nonetheless, I don't really understand that either. I, I think that's the first time I've ever seen that, Ross. A guy left the game with a concussion, didn't come back, and then doesn't have a concussion. Interesting. I wonder if there's another injury there uh, that we don't necessarily know about. Maybe like a neck or something. We won't find out until, well, this is today. We're recording this on Wednesday, but you're listening on Thursday. We'll find out today about uh, Derrick Henry's practice status. But a 14-point spread seems to indicate that's more of a Ty J. Spears game anyway. Uh, a guy who, if you need him this week, even if Henry plays, you could probably plug him in as a flex and hope he gets work in the passing game. Last but not least, Joe, let's talk Packers and Giants. Packers with that young core looking pretty good. Uh, Yeah. Jordan Love. Talk about an example of a season not being linear. You know, I think he started really well this year. He hit a midseason swoon, and now he's played his best football the last couple of weeks. The Packers have something in Jordan Love. And if there was any question whatsoever um, as to whether or not they'd be going into next year with Jordan Love as their quarterback, I think he's answered that resoundingly. He's their quarterback next year. And he should be their quarterback next year. Um, It's also going to open up the debate, once again, the unanswerable debate. Should, you know, these talented quarterbacks who might not be polished sit for a year or two? Because Jordan Love certainly seems to have benefited from that. Um, Nonetheless, in this game against the Giants, he's probably not going to have Christian Watson, who has recurring hamstring issues, which is a problem because Christian Watson really has next-level ability. He just cannot stay on the field. Um, But... You can maybe put Romeo Dobbs or or Jaden Reed, who uh, who's also been banged up, in your lineup instead of of Christian Watson this week. I don't know if we're going to have Aaron Jones this week, another guy we have to monitor the practice status with. But the Packers did sign uh, Kenyon Drake to their practice squad, maybe an indication that they are not going to have um, uh, Aaron Jones this week. Nonetheless, this has been a Jordan Love led offense all year for good and for bad, and it's been for good in the last few weeks. Jordan Love playing at a high level. 
What about Tommy DeVito and the Giants, Joe? Who, uh, are there anybody for Tommy DeVito and the Giants that we should have in our lineups? You know uh, what I'm saying? Tyrod Taylor back at practice, but uh, I, they're sticking with DeVito. Tyrod Taylor said he was disappointed in that. I understand it from the Giants' perspective only because you got to see, dude, can Tommy DeVito be our backup quarterback long-term? I, I think the Giants are smart enough to understand that despite that team being 4-8 and eight and two games out of the playoff spot, they're not going anywhere. Um Nonetheless, I don't love Tommy DeVito from a fantasy perspective, obviously. Jalen Hyatt, not somebody I'm playing for fantasy, but I think that it's interesting that Tommy DeVito seemed to have taken a liking to uh, to Jalen Hyatt. Uh, he threw for a, a 191 in their last game against the Patriots, and Jalen Hyatt had 109 of those receiving yards. So keep an eye on Jalen Hyatt, not that I'm starting him this week. The guy I am starting, though, Saquon Barkley, and I think it's a really good matchup for Saquon Barkley. Um, the Giants have our number one rush grade of the week. Um, no team has opened more than their 2.34 adjusted yards before contact per attempt over the last five weeks. That offensive line, yeah, the Giants have done a great job uh, opening lines. Um, the last three weeks especially. And this matchup coincides with the Packers giving up their three worst games in terms of yards before ru- a contact on runs, all within the last four weeks against the Lions, Steelers, and Chiefs. They've given up at least 116 non-scramble rush yards in each of those games. Um, and their only good game in the last month on the ground defensively came against the Chargers who can't run on anyone. It's hard to trust the Giants, um, but the numbers say this is a great spot for Saquon coming off of the bye and probably feeling healthier with that offensive line healthier. I love it. We're, I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for tuning in to Fantasy Feast. Make sure to also check out the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. <laughs>